Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to break the silence and open up the dialogue around the topics of miscarriage and baby loss. No more shame. No more taboo. Let's ditch it for the sake of our children. The ones who are, the ones who will come. And in memory of the ones who never came to be. This is the Worst Girl Gang Ever podcast. Hello. Welcome. Guess who's back? (laughs) Back again. Thank you. There was a bit of a delay there. <laughs> Sorry. I wasn't she sure expected me to sing the whole thing. <laughs> I wasn't sure what the words were. I was panicked. I was flustered. flustered. Oh, dear. In a while. Oh, dear, 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 dear. Yeah, anyway, we're back. We're back. And we hope you're all good. This is a... We're not back... Back, back, though. This is a mini-series. We're doing a, a proper mini-series. Yes. With just us. Apologies. <laughs> Yeah. Whoa, sorry. I'm going to try hard no on, the, uh, guests. on the music cues next time. Yeah, you better. You so better. basically, we what we did is we asked you what, what you want us to talk about, and we've made a list, mm-hmm. checked it twice. Going to find out who's naughty or nice? <laughs> well done, yeah. yeah. I had to sing the uh, whole first bit to get that. <laughs> and we're going to have a, just have a chat, a shorter chat about... What you want to talk about? Yeah. Impart some wisdom, maybe not wisdom, but just stuff, you know. So we've got some episodes coming up, which, like Vex said, are topics that you wanted us to discuss. There's a few things that we were sent through that we were asked to discuss, but we haven't got a clue about. So we're going to leave that for people who do have a clue about it. So yeah. we're covering all the ones that we can have some input on. So yeah. today is all about parenting after loss. Yeah. What a minefield, eh? Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because in this community, you get um, survivor's guilt. So it's something that we we certainly don't have our, you know, we host the Zoom calls and we have our social media and things like that. And we try to sort of hide our children from it because we know how triggering it can be. But, I mean, parenting is difficult anyway, but parenting after loss has, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's in, going back to what you were saying about how we hide our children from from this community. And we do do that. And I find that really tough in itself because mm. my children are obviously such a huge part of my life. And it's almost like you start living in these two different worlds, which is which is tough. But I guess that's that's unique for us, isn't it, really? But parenting yeah. after loss, the biggest thing for me was the anxiety around my children. And it yeah, was, I remember anxiety. you saying. 
I really struggled with it. Not just anxiety, because Hazel is my youngest and she's my only rainbow baby. And the other three were obviously before loss. But uh, my anxiety around Hazel was huge, like huge, ridiculous. And You also had anxiety about the others, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, to the point where I'd have really intrusive thoughts about mm. horrid, horrid things like before I could stop myself, I'd, I'd imagine one of them being hit by a car, you know, and I'd see it in my head and I wouldn't, but it only started after I'd had Hazel and I really, um, or I'd be, imagine walking down one of them, carrying one of them down the stairs and falling and like crushing them underneath me. And it mm-hmm. all, these, these intrusive thoughts happened without, they were so intrusive, like by the nature, but they happened without me knowing when they were going to happen. They were, they were really scary. And I ended up going to therapy and talking about it about why I was having them and stuff. And it centered around anxiety and that that centered around the fact that you you spend your pregnancy being so scared that it's gonna go, that it's gonna be taken from you again. And then you can't quite, it's almost like you can't quite allow yourself to believe that that it, it's gonna be okay, that these- It's really these- interesting you talking about this because I always have those thoughts and I just assumed that was normal. Maybe that- it is. Yeah, but the fact that you didn't have them before loss. Oh, yeah. Kids, yeah. Yeah, I've always, I'm always, yeah. I, it's not very nice talking about it, but yeah, I always have these awful thoughts of this could happen or what if this has happened. And mm. yeah, I didn't, uh, I just assumed that was being a parent. Maybe it I is. think it's I think it's been worse like when you're in trauma like since um Rob and I split up they they've come back a bit and it's things like oh, right. if I pull out at a junction I can see in my head a car absolutely like smashing into the side of my car mm. and it's just like weird stuff like that but I think going through the level of trauma that you did to get to be a parent it's bound to take its toll isn't it on your mental health and it yeah. just depends how that manifests itself I guess so because I like to think that I was really worried about, about, you know, sort of postpartum with Bertie, my eldest, he's four now. And um, I was really, I was petrified of having sort of mental health problems. My my cousin ended her life. She had postpartum psychosis a few years before I had Bertie. So I just had this fear that my hormones, all the trauma would come back and it would just be like horrendous. And it was lovely. I didn't have any problems, thankfully. Um, and yeah, I just don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's why well, it's I don't know where you're going with that either. Yeah. But when you <laughs> expect something, it's almost like if you expect something, it won't happen. But if you do, it's the stuff that we don't expect that really floors us. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. That I felt like I was. Um, quite a chilled mum to begin with mm. I, I imagined that I would have these mental health problems and or I would be really overprotective I wouldn't want anyone kissing him I wouldn't want him to go to anyone else I'd want to spend all of my time with him but actually I was surprisingly chilled and I was like yeah come around and see him come and meet my amazing baby oh my god yeah I want everyone to meet this fucking miracle and I want yeah. everyone to see him and yeah you can hold him he's asleep yeah I don't mind pick him up whatever I was really chilled and then when I started having these thoughts of oh what if this happens and this could happen sometimes I'd be laying in bed thinking 
is he dead? Is he? I don't know. I don't know. Should I check? You know, it just was like crazy, scared that he was going to die. I think when you also, when you are told so much as a new parent, when you don't know your ass from your elbow and you're told like, don't let them go longer than three hours asleep, you know, wake them up to feed and stuff. You're always like, oh my God, my baby hasn't fed for four hours. Like, Mm-hmm. what does that mean I should do this I should do that and I think that is normal for any parent because I had that with my first you know you get told these things by the health visitors and the midwives and they're all working off a fucking job sheet aren't they they don't know yeah. your child but then you start to talk to yourself like my baby has just slept for six hours that's you know I should have I should have woken yes, you know it's really funny on the we've got a, there's a all the people that have been on our courses have access to these WhatsApp groups and there's a parenting after parenting your rainbow baby WhatsApp group and it was just last week someone messaged on there saying oh my god I baby slept for baby's three weeks old slept for eight hours don't know what to do should I ring the midwife and everyone came back with no just take that as a win take Enjoy. it as a win but it just it makes you paranoid doesn't it and it makes you second guess everything um and when you couple that with hormones and tiredness it can seem like really really overwhelming completely overwhelming and I think because you spend so much of your time being so tired like everything is hard when you're tired whether it's yeah remembering to put the recycling out or or panicking over you know when your baby's gonna die it's everything's so so much more serious and you can't mm. I always t- I have got loads of stuff written on my fridge about how to take care of myself better and one of the main ones is sleeping going to bed early if I need to and not making any important decisions when you're tired because you can't think rationally and the trouble is that's the only time that you have you're always tired when you've got a newborn baby or a little one so you have to sometimes make these decisions and it's not it's not always easy to do that is it no. And another thing that I wanted to talk about was um like the like feeding, the guilt of not okay. breastfeeding, right? I think when people spend all this time waiting for a baby or they go through trauma to get there, they imagine they they want to do their very, very best. And society says that breast is best. And mm-hmm. so people really when we go through loss, we we hate ourselves a little bit for we hate our bodies or you know we have a real real hang-ups with ourselves because we've lost the baby or we can't get pregnant and then when for whatever reason people end their breastfeeding journey they um they then start to feel that guilt and that shame all over again but um I thought it'd be worth us talking about what we did so what do you do with with your elder three oh I I had a terrible time breastfeeding with all of them mm. my, my basically I think my nipples are just too big I've just got massive nipples but with James my eldest so hang it, on massive actual nipples like the sticky out bit or everything because mine mine that's not the massive bit mine I've got like burger lips that's like dinner plates they're like the size of dinner plates especially (laughs) at the moment so my littlest is 10 weeks old nearly and they're like gigantic but I don't get a sticky out bit so I've always had to use the nipple shields like the Uh, things so the baby sucks the nipple out I've got one of each I've got so so I basically 
with James, who is now 12, I, 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 I was exactly that. I was this, even though I hadn't lost a baby at that point, I was like, I can't breastfeed. He took the end of one of my nipples off. The health is, everyone told me to stop breastfeeding. Everyone, even the health is mm. dead. I was like, this is causing you so much stress. Just don't do it. And I was like, no, I will do it. I will do it. And in the end, it was 12 weeks of like horrendousness. And then it was fine. And I breastfed him for six months. And then my second one was six weeks of horrendousness and then and then fine. And then Ruby was slightly less. And But I really, I really punished myself for the feeling of not being able to do it. And all the time I was with these NCT people that took to it like duck to water and Oh, I just love breastfeeding. And like, to be to be honest with you, breastfeeding made me want to chuck the baby out the window. It was so, and I would start to dread the next feed as soon as the, the previous one had finished. Yeah. And, you know, and in the nighttime, because it was so painful, that initial like latch and stuff was so unbearably painful. It would completely wake me up. So I wasn't sleeping. So I was doing it all on top of, you know, just being tired and in pain all the time and dreading it and dread, you know, and it really took out, some of the pleasure and some of the joy of early motherhood because I was in so much pain and but you persevered anyway I persevered because that's my personality <laughs> that was my personality at the time I was like I won't I'm not no I will do I will this. not be beaten yeah, exactly and I will be eaten beaten. instead <laughs> eaten not beaten <laughs> but with Hazel I got COVID when she was a couple of weeks old and um it really diminished my milk supply and it was you that said to me oh just just combination feed and actually I weaned her onto um you know formula at about four weeks so I did two weeks of combination feeding and then I sort of threw in the towel as it were and I did feel bad because I'd done all the others for six months but I mean when I say six months I meant six months on the day that was it six months done no mission to stop yeah yeah exactly (laughs) it wasn't like oh oh it's been around six months I was like no never enjoyed it didn't feel didn't make me feel like a woman made me feel like a fucking cow Cow. yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly and then yeah I had no I had no real I had an initial like oh should I have tried harder could I have done more and then I was like no actually this is my mental health is so much better for having made that 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 decision to stop trying I think that's important and combination feeding is fine and the formula is so good these days isn't it yeah it's not like we're giving kids tins of evaporated milk like they did back in the day yeah it's um we all give ourselves too much of a hard time over all of these things that society leads us to believe that we should be doing like getting pregnant easily like having you know having a full pregnancy and giving birth to a a living baby you know that all this none of the stuff is talked about that we can't do or that we that we struggle with mm. and we're not given permission to feel bad about it because we're women and that's what women are here for right I think though the midwives are much better l- much less judgy these days I had this fear of telling them that I was combination feeding and them telling me off and they didn't they were like no. yeah you got to do what's right for you um and this time I stopped breastfeeding at about three weeks, a combination fed from the beginning. And then um, I was like, because I always knew I was going back to work quickly. I thought, well, it's not going to be as long a breastfeeding journey as Bertie's one and just sort of admitted defeat at the beginning. Um, And then and this time they were they were really cool. They were like, yeah, well, 
got to do what's what's best for you um mm. and the whole happy mom happy baby thing is so fucking true yeah so true and also like if you combination feed or you or you formula feed from early on like your partner can get involved much more mm. than if you breast if you exclusively breastfeed and can give you a break like with hazel rob would do the night feed at what 11 so i could sleep from seven until whenever the next one was three and then you you start the day without that horrible oh my god i can't i cannot recover my body cannot recover and you don't feel like such a bloody i can't remember the right word but it means like solely there for one purpose to feed you know you don't so restricted yeah. and also you can go out and you know you're not you're not you don't feel suffocated yeah I think that was my experience it is quite suffocating and, and I remember when I stopped with Bertie it was July so it was really hot I still had the hormones everywhere I was having these night sweats and I just as soon as I stopped I just felt like a little bit more like me again putting Put my bra on. back on oh my god I never thought I'd love the old underwired bra but yeah, yeah it was lovely so the warriorship we wanted to come and tell you a little bit about it didn't we Bex and in case you're already going why we don't want to know about a fucking ship the warriorship is our online membership for warriors in this community it's packed full of stuff so we just want to tell you about some of the stuff all of the content from all of the courses that we ever run is in the warriorship so there's loads to get your teeth into and we are also developing modules for what happens after but not only that we've also got a ton of educational workshops running once a month in the coming months we have got body positivity workshop gratitude workshop and loads 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 more and on top of that we also have a resident mental health specialist and on top of that if if that wasn't enough there's 13 events every month and there's stuff popping up all the time as well that other people are organizing that you can be a part of so it really is thriving and all you have to do is head to the link in our bio or visit our website and you can be a part of this too. We'd love to see you there. The other issue about breastfeeding and something that also is really difficult when parenting is um, when there are other siblings. Yeah. So I just knew, I mean, it won't go into pregnancy because we'll talk about that on a different one, but this pregnancy was much harder than last time even though I was less anxious, just because I was so exhausted because I had a four-year-old running around. Mm. And parenting with another kid is really difficult. I didn't have the time to sit and feed and pump and Mm. just, you know, go through that. So I, that, that was one of the main reasons that I cut breastfeeding short because Bertie wouldn't really allow it. Yeah. And I remember that with James. I had him at home, uh, you know, not I didn't give birth at home, but I had him when I had him at home and he was little. I was I, I felt like I was either breastfeeding or I was pumping just to quite try, yeah. keep my milk supply up because it wasn't going very well. And realistically, if I'd had another child at that point, I wouldn't have been able to sustain it for as long as I did. I would have had to call it a day earlier. Mm. Um, but I think that's, you know, and there's we, obviously there will be trigger warnings on these on these um on these episodes because we're both so aware of how lucky we are even to be able to get the chance to breastfeed or or Mm. give breastfeeding feeding a go but it is one of those things that 
is falls into the category of we feel so blessed by our babies but it's still fucking hard it's yeah it's difficult and that's okay it's allowed to be difficult we're allowed to we're allowed to feel that pain of of you know that that real kind of pain of of being torn into directions like you you're so happy and lucky that you've got this baby but it's really hard and it's cause it does cause you this exhaustion and this kind of emotional upheaval because you're so tired and you've got hormones raging around and you've got a little life to look after that you're really can be really anxious about as well it's also quite a lonely time as well isn't it yeah because you are sort of stuck indoors um and unless you've got friends with a baby the same age or that you know unless they're off on maternity leave as well it's it's really hard the the weeks can be one day just is the same as the mm. next and you just end up watching love island or yeah shit and even telly. when you when you go to events like i was photographing a wedding yesterday and there was a couple there with a newborn baby they were distant from the others because they mm. had to like I, I was trying to take a picture of this baby in the buggy and she was like i'm really sorry i can't stop moving I can't I can't stop wheeling the buggy because as soon as I stop the baby will cry and mm. you know all that stuff that and they the 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 couple and their baby were sort of set apart from everyone else because obviously they weren't drinking which is not so much of an issue but they weren't able to interact properly because they had to sit at the back in case the baby started crying and then you know and then she had to go and find somewhere quiet to breastfeed and stuff and it is it is a lonely place because you're not who you were you're not this you you gain another identity while you're pregnant and then you gain another one when you're a new parent and they don't they you are completely changed again, aren't you? Because mm-hmm. not only are you um, not able to do the things that perhaps you did before you were pregnant, but you have this extra thing that you need to to sort out and, and take care of and look after. And you can't be out till 10, 11 at night and you can't go to the pub like you used to. And you can't go and just be a guest at a wedding because you've got to think about all of the stuff like you can't just leave the house it's like Michael McIntyre does this hilarious sketch it's really well known about how life pre-children post-children oh we're leaving the house pre-children oh we're leaving the house 20 minutes later you actually leave the house because you've got to think about the nappies and the change of clothes and the what if this happens and is there a dummy in there and And that's if they don't do an explosive poo as you're trying to walk out it would be exactly longer yeah and will there be somewhere that I can um you know discreetly feed and do I need to take one of those fucking feeding apron things and and yeah or will I be able to get boiling water anywhere yeah this is what we're like at the moment when we say should we take boiling water or and then hope that it cools down in time or do we take like cold um boiled water and then hope that we've got access to somewhere that has boiling water so we can top it up and it's just uh it's constant no it's wonder constant. your brain is just like oh. mush and you're trying to do it all on on little sleep it's you know it is really tough isn't it and then sometimes obviously you're trying to do it on top of the anxiety as well and you and that's another that's yeah and, the, and then there's the relationship as well post baby you have spent all of this time trying and then the pregnancy is all it's anxious but you know you've also got these lovely ideas and dreams about how it's going to be and then the reality is that you're sat there like a cow with your boobs out and not getting any sleep it's or sex or sex yeah you wouldn't want to no it's like car crash down there it's uh it's really 
I mean, a relationships, everyone's a different, but it's hard. Lack of sleep, both of you having not enough sleep. Um, yeah, it can take its toll. Mm. I feel like this time we are handling it better than we did last time because I feel like we're in, in our groove a little bit easier because um, we know what worked for us, like timing, the sort of feeds and sleep and things like that. So um, it's not so bad. But last time there's lots of bickering, lots of I used to um, actually this happened the other day. He was he was going to work and I was so fucking jealous that he was going to work. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I wish I could just leave the house and not worry about anything. Or the classic, um, oh, baby slept well last night. Oh, today. today. I, I remember being up six times. And I, I remember you snoring for all those times. But no, if you think that, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. All that and you start point scoring and then, yeah, it doesn't, it's not good. But it's all because of probably partly to do with hormones but a lot of it is is just is the lack of sleep but you do come out of that fog yeah and um but the anxiety doesn't ever really go I think you're constantly well comparison is the thief of joy right who said that Ruth Corden Ruth Corden said that and it's so true but you are constantly like they're not rolling yet and they're all oh, so-and-so is walking already and should I be should I be weaning with pouches of puree or should I have broccoli stalks like ah, it's just so yeah, much conflicting yeah there's so much out there isn't it and I think essentially you've just got to do what's right for you and and certainly as my as the, I've so incredibly lucky to have four children but in many ways, because of what I went through between three and four, four was my most anxious. And actually, I'm still I'm still anxious around around her. And um, she had a whole the yeah. It was it's been a, a tough few years, couple of years, um, in terms of anxiety and fear of her getting hurt but there wasn't there was an accident when she was about 10 months old and that really exacerbated everything when she fell out of um my husband's truck and it was just that was for me like all of my fears coming true mm. and from then on it was I've I found it really really difficult to break that cycle and I'm only really doing it now and it's only really because she's older and more capable she's two now yeah um but I think with that, you've just got to do what you can, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the the other thing that we mentioned earlier was survivor's guilt, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember chatting to Elle on the podcast. And um, she. I was going to try and remember the season and episode then. So I could go, season uh, two, uh, episodes 22 and 23. Yeah, actually. I think that, that is it. Oh, I don't know. Yes, anyway. <laughs> Uh, I love it that when when I didn't think you could, I was sympathetic, and then when you could, I reverted straight back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that too. But I remember <laughs> she said, so she lost her little boy Teddy, and then she had Olivia, and she thought that she would be celebrating all of the milestones with Olivia, but actually, although she did celebrate them, she it also brought a lot of sadness because she realised everything that she'd been missing out on um and everything that she would have had I think when you when you have a baby already you know what you're missing 
right? You know how yeah. much you're going to love them and you know how it's going to feel and you know how special everything's going to be. Mm. But when you didn't know what you're missing and then all of a sudden you're there with this new baby and you're like, holy shit, this love is like a like no other love. And I'm, I didn't get that. I've been, that's been stolen from me. Um, and actually one of our, one of our, our inside girl gang crew messaged me the other day um saying the same thing that you know she's got a little girl now but she lost a little girl before and um she just said that it's just brings all of these all of these emotions up of what's been been stolen from her yeah I think that that is really that's really tough and I remember one thing bittersweet isn't it it's like really so bittersweet. And I remember one thing when I was um when I lost the baby, I don't know why, but I really, really wanted to be pregnant by the due date that I'd lost the baby. Mm. And I think it's quite common. Um because it I felt at the time I felt like because one wouldn't have been able to exist without the other, maybe. And then it I thought that it was going to bring me a sort of a relief like a not obviously not a replacement but like this kind of serendipitous kind of this is mm-hmm. what was meant to be feeling but it didn't it just it made me feel horribly guilty that I had that that I had treated like a replacement oh mm-hmm. well it's okay because you know Hazel wouldn't wouldn't be here if it was if the other baby you know my the baby I lost had been born then In Hazel fact, wouldn't, do you know you didn't really start connecting with your pregnancy until after that did you no no I didn't I did there no I couldn't because I felt so I felt so guilty like my baby was looking down on me thinking oh she didn't want me that much because look look how much she loves this one she Mm. could she can't you know like the madness that kind of descends on you because you feel so, you just I just think you just feel get like and I felt guilty about various things for 12 years you feel guilty about everything. Twelve and a half years, you know, as a mother, mum guilt. Feel like, yeah, mum guilt. Mum guilt is such a thing. You feel like you're not doing well enough, or now, you know, I'm I'm so blessed to have to have more than one ch- children, more than one child, but I feel like I'm not giving them each enough attention, and I feel like, you know, I should be support more supportive of them on an individual basis, and I feel like I'm telling them hold on a second all the time, and I feel like I'm. I just, you know, not, not healthy. <laughs> Bertie enough. said to me the other day, Mummy, that's not a second. That's longer than a second. I was like, Oh, I'm going to have to change this up. Yeah. Wait a minute, darling. Yeah. Well, mine count now. I'm like, Yeah, oh, one set. And they go, One, two, three. And then one of them will go, That was 522 seconds. <laughs> you just, but you just feel guilty about everything. And because kids, like, when they get older and they, they don't know, they don't understand that. So not that they play on it, but just that they say things in a very honest way. Like, mum, you didn't do this with me and you said you were going to. And it just, it makes Dagger it, in the heart. Yeah, yeah, oh. dagger in the heart. And it's really difficult to keep your head above the water and to keep thinking, look, I'm doing the best of, of I'm doing the best I can with what I have right now. Mm-hmm. And maybe next year things will be easier. Maybe when I did da, 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 but But right now, right here, I'm absolutely trying my best and I can't do any better than that. Yeah. One of the things I struggled with the most was um, the first time, especially, was second guessing myself or trying to 
we keep people right have there's lists and apps and things that you can do to to put down how much they fed and at what time and how long they slept for how long was the nap and all of that sort of stuff so we'd be constantly analyzing all of this data you know like, well, what went wrong there maybe we gave one ounce too many and we didn't okay. wind properly um and so we'd change it and then it would still be the same but something else would happen and just constantly second guessing yourself and trying to find some sort of reason and pattern for this behavior and it, it's quite freeing when you realize that you can't and there's they're, there they're just a baby and they do what they like <laughs> I tell you what Ruby my third had colic and it was it was something else it was like screaming from five in the afternoon until 10 at night every day <laughs> And I remember people saying, oh, do this, do that. And you try everything. And eventually she just grew out of it at like three months. And you don't, (laughs) the thought of having to go through it for 12 weeks is such a horrible thing, you know, or or six weeks or however long it is, that you don't want to allow yourself that that will just happen. But when it does happen, it happens so gradually that it just becomes your new normal. Mm -hmm. And I think if you can just open your mind enough to know that every day has got to be a new normal, then you're not looking back on a week thinking, well, this time last week, he had four ounces, he had, you know, 15 <laughs> ounces during the day. And, but today he's only had 10. So should I find the health officer? If you can accept that every day, there's going to be a new normal, you know, with, well, it's, within reason. It's like when they get older and their behavior, you, it, the, you when you realize that it's all just a phase and that that will end, they will stop it's hitting or they will, they will stop biting or they will learn to share and all of those sorts of things. You move on to the next stage and you're like, yeah, they've stopped doing that. They'll, they now listen to me or they now say please and thank you or whatever it might be. There's always another bad phase, but it's just, it's constant. You get over one thing and you're on to the next. It's nothing you can do. It's developmental change. It's it's just your individual babies. I think that's the most important thing that you can take is that it's not you. It's not, you're doing nothing wrong in all likelihood you're doing nothing wrong you're just doing your best and that's fine your baby will be okay yeah just persevere we are um we're trying to do the whole gentle parenting thing (laughs) but he's a sod at the moment he's four and he's he's being a pickle I don't know if it's anything to do with the new baby or not whether he just would have been like that anyway but we're trying to do gentle parenting and the scoop said to me the other day, there's fucking gentle parenting. I can't do it anymore. The kid just needs to stop. He needs to, he needs to listen. He needs to understand that, you know, we're in charge. And if we say you can't run across the bloody road, you can't run across the bloody road. Um, yeah, it's hard. It's so hard because you you know you know what you should be doing and but, but they don't that you're right it's developmental they um they just go through all the phases and they get there eventually but it's mm. it's tough parenting is not easy no and you're doing a good job just keep yeah. going so that's it for this episode but we um are in the process of actually developing a parenting after loss course to go inside our membership platform the warriorship um so very excited about that keep your eyes peeled 
um be lovely to see some of you there we're hoping to arrange some coffee mornings and events and some first aid training as well as some online course content that you can have a look through and um do work through it at your own pace yeah exciting stuff Mm. all right then cheerio for now bye